Today on CityCast Philly, it's the Friday News Roundup. We're talking about this week's snowfall and we're grading the city's performance. After 13 seasons, is Philadelphia Eagles' Jason Kelsey calling it quits? And what's going on with these raccoons in West Philly? It's Friday, January 19th. I'm Trinina Ree, and here's what Philly's talking about. Joining me this week is Hamenda Kandi, general assignment reporter at the Philadelphia Inquirer. Glad to have you back on the show. Thank you for having me. And OJ Spivey, sports correspondent at the Philadelphia Tribune. It's great to talk to you again today. Hi, Trinae. Always great to be back on with you. So for this week's icebreaker, stay with me now. Speaking of ice and snow, this week we had extremely cold weather. We all kind of experienced the snap of the snow drought, as they're calling it. What grade would you give the city on how it handled this week's weather? Well, I'll pretty much give it a C minus. I think we were all caught off guard, uh, the city included. We were spoiled the last two years. It's been basically two years since we had snow. And, you know, I'm all for the snow, but it's just the ice and just the cold temperatures. And I just think it caught everybody off guard. But you would love to see the city, you know, do its due diligence and do what it can to clear the streets and, you know, our neighbors clear the sidewalks. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you talked with folks uh, this week. You were out doing some reporting. What did you hear from people and what grade would you give the city? You know, I'm going to be a little more generous and I would say I, I would give the city a B. I would give residents, at least my neighbors in South Philly, hopefully they don't kill me, probably a C minus. Um, I found that it was the sidewalks that were a problem and, and kind of remain a problem today. Like people just forgot that you're supposed to shovel in salt. And I just like see people out my window, like slipping and sliding. And the other part where I think maybe we could have done better was just helping folks find shelter. Uh, throughout the week, you saw people on SEPTA just sort of, you know, using that as a temporary shelter and uh, a break from the the cold. Wow. I think I'm going to take a little bit from Jimena, what you said, and OJ, a little bit from what you said, and combine it and give it a B minus, okay? And the reason why I said that is because the district schools were open, whereas, like, private and county schools were closed. And so it was kind of confusing. So I'm just like, is it safe to drive? Is it not safe? And a lot of those, I guess, secondary streets and uh, walkways and sidewalks weren't shoveled properly weren't salted properly. So it made uh, Tuesday, Wednesday really like just kind of sometimes unsafe um, driving and scary. And um, I'm only speaking from experience from like East Falls, Germantown, little parts of West Philly, Brewery Town, Strawberry Mansion. So it just, it could have been plowed better. I would have liked that. All right, let's get into more news of the week. OJ, You spent some time in the Philadelphia Eagles locker room this season, which is such a cool experience. A lot of sports analysts and fans have described the last, you know, five to six weeks of the season 
as a disaster. Things were falling apart. Coaches making bad calls. Where are the players? Everyone's getting injured, sick. What's your assessment of the Eagles' season? Yeah, sure. It was certainly a free fall um, and very disappointing uh, the last month and a half of the the season. You know, I've talked to some fans and they might have said after San Francisco, after Dallas, they might have taken the Eagles soul, you know, snatched their soul. I really think it was the Bills game when we barely won. (laughs) Yeah, you're right, because that was basically the last time that we saw the Eagles able to come back from a game even when they were down. And I've said all throughout the season that uh, even the games that they won, like, wow, how are they winning this game? (laughs) But I think it was just a product of having a Super Bowl hangover because normally when, when teams come back from losing a Super Bowl, they have a, they have a slow start at the beginning of the season. And this just flipped for the Eagles. Instead of having a slow start during the season, even though they won games, the free fall happened at the worst time at the end of the season. And it cost them the division. It cost them home games. And now here we are. And we're talking about, you know, whether we should keep the head coach or not. Right. Keep the head coach, blame the players, all types of different things. And you got to speak with A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith and even Jason Kelsey what was kind of like the vibe inside the locker room for the players? Yeah, it's very somber, very low. Some players didn't even want to talk. Um, I get that in the sense, even though you have to, you have to make yourselves available to the media. But, you know, a lot of them were just, you know, standing around just wondering what happened. Um, and, you know, it's a long season. You play 17 games now in the 18-week seasons. So I just think the the grind of, trying to get back to the Super Bowl, got to them. And they were trying to defy history during the whole season yeah, because yeah. only about 30% of Super Bowl runner-ups even get back to the playoffs. So mm, Interesting. More Eagles news, especially about one particular player, when we come back. This is CityCast Philly. All right. Some other big news that came out of the Eagles locker room were reports saying that our all-pro center, Jason Kelsey, would retire after this season. So he hasn't made the official announcement just yet. So in anticipation of that announcement, whatever it may be, I wanted to have some fun. And so I came up with a list of 13 reasons why We love Jason Kelsey. And 13 is such a lucky number. And it's 13 is because that's how long he's been playing in the NFL. So let's start with number 13. He has started in all 193 games of his career. OJ, is this like normal for a professional athlete? No, it is not normal uh, for Jason Kelsey or any player to play that many consecutive games. That is a tremendous feat just to stay healthy. Number 12, selected to the Pro Bowl seven times. That also kind of like explains just the type of player he is. Mm -hmm. Number 11, six-time team captain. I was a team captain once, but that was just, uh, that was my varsity year. (laughs) (laughs) Six time, that that also speaks to his leadership skills um, and his teammates recognizing that he is a leader in the locker room and on the field. Mm -hmm. Number 10, the Mummers costume and that famous Super Bowl parade speech. 
You know what I gotta say to all those people that doubted us, to all those people that counted us out, and to everybody who said that we couldn't get it done? What my man Jay Ajay just said, fuck you! When I was working uh, over at a radio station at the time, we were doing live coverage of the parade, and he dropped the F-bomb. We were like, wait, what did he say? And they're like, yeah, he said it, and it was live, and everyone got it. You know, just to hear him uh, say that, it kind of reminded me of when Chase Sutley uh, said his speech uh, when the Phillies won back in 08, you know, world bleeping champions. <laughs> um, but... I got to speak to Kelsey a few months later um, at one of the Eagles charity events. And I was just so surprised that he still had a voice. (laughs) And we had a good laugh about that. And speaking of that speech number nine, out of that, another, you know, cool thing that came out of that speech uh, that he's known for is the hungry dog. Hungry dogs run fast. And that's the scene. Yes, a hungry dog. And then they had the masks come out. I think even the flyers got into it. I loved how connected other Philly sports teams were with the Eagles because of what he said. Yeah, you're right about that. The underdog mask, the dog mentality, which the Eagles had uh, their mini slogan for when they went to the Super Bowl last season. Um, And then, you know, when one team does well, the other city teams Uh, They rally around each other. All right. Number eight. We got to shout out his charity work, specifically on the Christmas albums. Who knew that he could sing and also get his teammates to participate? In 2022, they raised $1.25 million for charity. Uh, The second album raised more than $3 million. And that's according to some reports I saw in Fox 29. Speaking of music, number seven. I thought this story was so sweet. I read this in WHYY that Jason was so into music that back in 2018, his high school marching band, Cleveland Heights High, came to visit Central High School in North Philly. And who was a special guest? Jason Kelsey. And he joined the band and played the saxophone. I love that. Now back to his charity work. Kelsey also hosted a charity bartending fundraiser down at the Ocean Drive in Sea Isle City, New Jersey. According to the Inquirer, he chugged beer with his brother, Travis Kelsey, who a lot of us know as the tight end on the Kansas City Chiefs. And he's also dating Taylor Swift. Um, Number five, back in. In 2022, you know, we mentioned the Phillies and the connection that all of our sports teams in Philly have for each other. And I love it. Back in 2022, Kelsey chugged a beer on the Phillies field during game three of the National League Championship Series to hype up the crowd. And that was something I read in a report from Billy Penn. So he's also a beer guy. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, we're at number four. We're getting close. We're getting close. Number four, his documentary called Kelsey, which is on Amazon. And OJ, you went to a screening of that. Yes, I did. Um, I recommend uh, any and everybody to check out that documentary if you haven't already. Once they show him at his home uh, with his family, you can't help but love him anymore, even more. We're at number three now. And OJ, you said it. 
He's a family guy. And <laughs> I love seeing there was a clip of him circulating on the Internet where he brought his daughters to a practice and he was playing with them like with a trash kid and throwing footballs to them. And I just I that just melts my heart. I, I love that. All right. We're at number two. I mean, maybe he can join us on a podcast because he also has this hit podcast called New Heights with his brother, Travis Kelsey. And on Wednesday's episode of this week, you know, he kind of talked about, you know, not really decided just yet whether he'll retire or not. But this is what Jason says. I just don't think you're in a position after a game like that to really make that decision. I just don't. There's too much emotion in the moment to really fully grasp that decision. It's just something that I think, uh, you know, when it's time to officially announce, you know, what's happening in the future, it'll be done in a, in, in a way that's, you know, definitive and pays respect to a lot of people and uh, individuals that have meant a lot to me and has led to the career I've had. All right. Number one, last but not least, the number one reason why we love Jason Kelsey is that he has never played for any other team. He's been a Philadelphia Eagle his whole career. And to begin and end a 13-year career in the National Football League with one team is just amazing. That speaks to his skill, his leadership, his loyalty to the team, but also to the Philly region, him being committed to his family. Yeah, it tops it off. Yeah, I can't wait. Even though it's bittersweet, I can't wait until uh, the Eagles have the ceremony to retire his number 62 number. It's definitely going to go up in the rafters um, at the link. And then uh, whenever he does retire five years from that point, I'm sure an entire Philadelphia Eagles fan contingent uh, will travel to Canton, Ohio, to the Pro Football Hall of Fame and see him enshrined. And before we get into our weekend, I want to talk about this story that caught my eye because it scares me. Jimena, you wrote about raccoon sightings in West Philly. Now, we live in a city. Sometimes we see animals and insects and rodents. You know, we just kind of have to deal with it. We're used to it. But more raccoons are scurrying in West Philly and getting aggressive. Where exactly in West Philly are these encounters? They're taking over, Trené. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> actually, Animal Control wants to let you know that they're not taking over, but it is good to be cautious. But in terms of where these raccoon sightings have sort of been reported, so around the Clark Park area, 49th and Baltimore, 48th and Warrington, few, those few set of blocks, if you will. And you spoke with someone who got bit by a raccoon. What happened? So... Elaine Jensen is 65 years old. She lives close to Clark Park and she calls herself a farm girl, mainly to make the point that, you know, she is comfortable with animals. She doesn't mind raccoons. She's like, it's very normal for the raccoons to sort of scurry around in her backyard at night. It's never really been a problem. But recently she said she noticed that for three nights in a row, these raccoons started to fight late at night. And on the third night, she sort of had had it. She's like, okay, I just want some peace and quiet so I can go to bed. So she goes with her flashlight, you know, just hoping to shoo them kind of and scare them away with the light. But when she's in her back deck, she sees one raccoon sort of headed in the direction of Clark Park. And then another one is 
on a tree branch and it kind of just plops down on the ground. She's like, it's almost like it just fell. Mm. And before she could even process what's going on, the raccoon starts like running towards her. And before she can get back into her door, the raccoon grabs onto the front part of her ankle. Ah! And so naturally she's like, yeah, she's freaking out. And so she's shaking her foot. And then as she's shaking her foot, her her croc-type shoe, it, like, falls off. And so the raccoon lets go of her of the front part of her ankle, but then gets a better hold on the front part of her, the top part of her foot. And, again, she's freaking out. She's shaking it because she doesn't know what to do. Finally, she hits the raccoon on top of the head with her flashlight, and it scurries away. But, you know, she's bleeding profusely. And she has to go to the hospital. And, of course, the doctors are like, you need to get rabies shots. And it's a cycle of um, four shots over the course of two weeks. And, you know, professionals say if you get bit by, you know, an animal that could possibly have rabies, it's better to start the cycle as soon as possible. That is terrifying. Oh, my God. Like, I I would have passed out. (laughs) I would have for sure passed out. Yeah, no, she was really freaked out. And so she um, her husband tells her neighbor and her neighbor posts it on Facebook. She's like, hey, um, just, you know, this woman was attacked by a raccoon. And then it turns out that other people have had these experiences with aggressive raccoons. There was a man who earlier that same day, the same day that Jensen gets attacked, this person's like walking down the street and... A car makes like a sudden noise and a raccoon that was nearby gets startled and starts running after this person's like legs and sort of, you know, kind of pawing at at them. Mm -mm. And this person was able to get away unscathed. You know, they said that they didn't have any scratches, but still the sightings of aggressive raccoons are, are mounting. And some neighbors are a little nervous. So, you know, I was just curious. I was like, okay, is there a rabies outbreak that we should be concerned about? I call animal control and it turns out they hadn't gotten any reports of, you know, these aggressive raccoons, at least in the in that part of of West Philly. I call the health department and they also haven't had any reports of like people needing rabies shots. And of course, both entities, you know, when I called, they're like, just because we haven't heard about it doesn't mean that these incidents haven't happened. Mm. Without the actual bodies of these animals, we don't know if these animals were truly rabid or in the case of Jensen, that raccoon could have very well just been amped up from the fight and then attacked her. But it doesn't necessarily mean that the raccoon had rabies. Wow. Okay, so rabies is something we should just be aware of. Um, Jimena, how many cases of rabies were actually recorded last year? Yeah, so we still don't have the final numbers for the second half of 2023, but we know that the Pennsylvania Department of Agriculture recorded 81 cases of rabies in the first half of the year. And just over half of those cases were raccoons having rabies, and seven cases of those came from Philadelphia, which is like the most out of any county. However, animal control says that that's because of our very robust reporting system and more rural counties not having that reporting system. Interesting. Now, what should we do if we ever come across an aggressive raccoon? Because I'm running, but what should I do? So actually, even if it's not aggressive, you know, animal control and animal experts say, just leave the wildlife alone. The cute squirrel, the cute raccoons, 
They may make for a good photo, but just stay away because you never know what they might be carrying. You know, if you do see, say, a raccoon that's like drooling or foaming at the mouth or again, just making weird noises, acting very confused or aggressive, you know, stay away, run away (laughs) and then just call animal control or the game commission and they'll send someone out there to to check. Oh, another point to keep in mind. Uh, The Game Commission and Animal Control, they ask people not to feed the animals. One, it makes them more dependent on humans. And two, again, you want to create a barrier between you and the animals. You don't want them, like, coming back and sort of... That creates more opportunity for a standoff, if you will. Got it. Basically, mind your business. All right, that was Jimena Condi, general assignment reporter at the Philadelphia Inquirer. And OJ Spivey, sports contributor at the Philadelphia Tribune. Thank you both so much for joining me on CityCast Philly. Thank you, Trené. Always great being on with you. Yeah, thank you. This was super fun. It's time for the tip of the week, where we share a life hack for living in Philly. As you just heard, if you have an emergency that involves an animal, you can make a report to Animal Control at... 267-385-3800. That hotline is available 24 hours a day. And for non-emergencies involving an animal, you can submit a report online to acctphilly.org. We'll have a link in our show notes. If you have a tip of the week, we'd love to hear from you too. Call or text us at 215-259-8170. That's all for today here on CityCast Philly. Our executive producer is Laura Benchoff. Our producers are Abby Fritz and Elizabeth Kama. Our Hey Philly newsletter editor is Asha Prahar. And our host is me, Trina Nari. Music is by Philly's own Interminable, with additional music from All the Kimonos and James Weldon. If you enjoyed this week of episodes, tell a friend, rate the show, leave us a review, and subscribe to our morning newsletter, Hey Philly. We'll be back Monday morning with more news from around the city. Have a great weekend, y'all, and be safe. Bye. There's like a large population of raccoons because of all the empty houses. And so they just go in there. And then they like, you know, do their thing, mate or whatever. Um, They're squatting. They're squatting. The raccoons (laughs) are squatting.